Well, what's up, guys? Man, it is so awesome to be here. Um, usually Mark teaches, but tonight you got me. So here we go. Um, yeah, so if you were here last week, you know we're talking all about forgiveness, right? We talked about how um, sometimes it's rough. We want revenge. We seek revenge. Um, but before we get too deep into everything, I have a video for you guys. So if you would, turn your attention to the screen. Woody, look, I can see daylight. We're going to be okay. <laughs> I don't think that's daylight. Okay, so who here has seen Toy Story, that specific movie? Okay, so if you haven't seen it, first things first, it did not end like that, okay? It didn't end like that. They didn't die in the fiery furnace. The little uh, alien guys came with the claw, okay, and um, saved them, and it was, it was great. Um, so that's something you need to know. But second of all, we have all probably had friends like that before. Like, you know, Lotso had been tagging along with them, and... Um, in that moment, he totally betrayed them. We've probably had friends who betrayed us, they hurt us, and even so, we've also probably been that friend before. And if you're like, man, I've never hurt anybody in my life. Okay, sure, maybe, maybe you haven't, all right? Probably have, but if you haven't, we've all been that way with God. Now, we all sin against God, and we all are in constant need of God's grace. Um, so the passage that we're going to be in tonight, if you would join me, it's going to be Matthew 18, and we're going to start off in verse 21 and 22. So 21 says... Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Um, and if you have a different version of the Bible, it may say um, 70 times seven. Um, and really that number is just to communicate an unlimited amount of times. Okay, it's not literal. It doesn't mean on the 78th time you're like, I'm sorry you used all your grace we're done. Sorry, we're fresh out. That's not, that's not how it goes. Um, and clearly here, just a little bit of background, um, Peter knew that there was a standard kind of going around that you really only had to forgive somebody three times. Um, it was totally acceptable by law to forgive somebody three times. But Peter, being Peter, he was like, well, Jesus, I feel like, I just feel like I should forgive somebody seven times. Like, that just seems like the right amount to me. And Jesus is like, no, more than that. It's an unlimited amount of times, right? And so uh, in verse 22, it kind of starts off by God saying, you know what? Three times may have been totally acceptable for everyone else. It may have been even acceptable for the religious people. 
But for you who are following me, my disciples, so if you're a Christian in the room, this is for you. I'm calling you. I have a higher calling for you, which is an unlimited amount of grace. The calling to um, just be an outpouring of grace um, to the people around you. And so let's continue reading. We're going to pick it back up in verse 23. It says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had to be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Um, First off, Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a gracious king waiting for you to come to him and ask for forgiveness and just be so willing to give it. It's not a king that was uh, looking for his repayment and then when he didn't get it was angry and mad. That's not the kind of God that we serve. Right? And so it's important here to recognize where we are in this passage. Um, God is the master. We are the servant. Um, and when we come to him and we have all these debts that we owed, um, which is our sin against him, he's like, hey, I forgive you. Like, he's not ready to punish. Um, and so that, that's point number one is recognize your debt. Recognize that we're all in need of God's grace every single minute. I mean... Like, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, it's hard out here, right? It's hard out here when someone's hurting you or even when you're just having a bad day and you go home annoyed and you're just, like, kind of, like, popping off, like, and you know you're saying some things that you shouldn't have. Like, every single minute of every single day, we're in constant need of God's grace and probably the grace of people around us, too. Um, And the servant, in verse 26, he asked for patience. This was an unbelievable amount of debt. Um, it actually equated to a billion dollars nowadays. So pretend you owed somebody a billion dollars. Even if you worked every day, I mean, you still got bills to pay of your own. And this is an unbelievable amount of debt to have. And the master, kind of in his knowledge, knew this guy can't probably pay it back, right? There's probably no way he can pay it back. So even though he asked for forgiveness, what he really needed was for the debt to be canceled. And so that's exactly what happened. Um, and that's exactly what we need. So in verse 28, we're going to keep on reading because this is actually not where the story ends. But the servant went out. He found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, He went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And they went and told their master everything that had happened. So they were rightfully uh, outraged, right? That's not okay. Um, But this is very confusing because this is a guy who was just forgiven of so much debt, a billion dollars worth of debt. And the first thing that he does, he goes and finds the person who owed him money and he chokes him out like chokes out his bro for some money. And don't get me wrong, there, there was a debt here. It was about 100 days of wages. Um, but it was nothing in comparison to what he had just been forgiven for. And so that's a message for us here too, is like we, 
we can't live like that. There's no room for bitterness in the kingdom of God. And so that's point number two. Don't be ruled by bitterness. This guy was completely ruled by his emotions in this, in this minute. I couldn't imagine going to someone who owed me money and choking them out. And then when they asked for patience, they asked for me to be patient because they're going to pay it back. I'm like, nah, they're in jail. Like, that just takes so much emotion, and it just really shows that you are ruled by your emotions. Um, so don't be ruled by bitterness because there's no room for it in the kingdom of God. However... It does exist in society. Um, first thing that comes to mind when I think about this is cancel culture. Uh, raise your hand in the room if you know what cancel culture is. Okay, so uh, there's this whole big thing called cancel culture. And what it means is, is that um, when somebody has a little bit of following or when they have kind of some status, so let's think of somebody kind of famous. Um, we are talking about Adam Sandler earlier. I love that guy. Uh, so let's say Adam Sandler, right? Say that he is, gets in the news because he just ran over somebody with his car and then he kept driving because he didn't want to have to, like, go to jail. Let's say he did something crazy like that. And most people would start to say, you know what? I don't really know if I, like, want to keep, you know, going to Adam Sandler movies and, like, just giving him my money and supporting him which is like, okay, I get it, right? Cancel culture really is people wanting to, sometimes people wanting to hold um, these kind of, you know, celebrities, people with following accountable for their actions, which is not necessarily wrong thing to do, but it kind of has really gone too far. Uh, it's become people ready with a gavel in their hand to judge others, like super ready. And even worse, sometimes people will go and like dig up, you know, all this uh maybe mistakes that you've made, tweets that you, you know, made in the past and, like, bring them up to light. And this is, like, something that somebody did 10 years ago. And all of a sudden, they're getting canceled for it. So with all that to say, the world is super ready to punish. Just always ready, eager, I would even say, to punish and to condemn and to bring kind of this idea of, like, just, you're just past grace, right? There's no grace in there. And so in verse 22, right, Jesus clearly says, hey, if anybody's called to be gracious and be a light, it's you guys. There's already enough people in the world ready to condemn, okay? Um, and I want to give a little uh, disclaimer. By no means am I saying that people who treat you unfairly, abuse you, or take advantage of you, Get a pass to keep doing it. If you are experiencing some kind of abuse, this right here is your encouragement to talk to a leader because that is never okay, ever. And even on the flip side, it doesn't mean that there aren't real consequences to people's actions, to people's sins, right? So let's just say, uh, for instance, Madeline came to my house because she liked my bracelet the other day, and she came to my house and robbed me of all my bracelets, every single room, no more bracelets, okay? She did that, and on a personal level, I, I love Madeline. She's my sister in Christ. I forgive her, right? It might take a few days. It might take a day or two, but I forgive you, okay? And so in another, in another level, on the, like, the law side of it, it's still right, and it's still just for her to pay some time, right? Because you can't break and enter people's houses. There's a couple different laws you broke there, 
So it's not okay. There's still going to be consequences. I don't want, I don't want to paint this picture that because uh, forgiveness you know, is made because I forgave her, there's just no consequences. That's not always the case. And more than that, um, forgiveness isn't always cookie cutter. It's not like, hey, I forgave so-and-so, so everything's perfect now. That's not it. Sometimes you can forgive somebody and you still have to have hard conversations with them. Or you have to set boundaries with them. Things like that. Or maybe you're like me and you've had a toxic friend before. I know I talked to some of you here. You, you've definitely experienced that. I know I have. Um, I had a friend named Jessica. We'll call her Jessica for this instance. Um, and me and Jessica, we were hanging out. We worked together a few jobs ago. So this was a few years ago. And we'd hang out on the weekends. We're having so much fun. I trusted Jessica with, like, my deepest, darkest secrets. I'm like, Jessica, I just need to tell you all this. And, I like, just my super bestest friend, okay? Well, we had some kind of reorganization in our uh, work, and Jessica became my boss. And this was a very dangerous place for our friendship to be, apparently, because uh, Jessica took the opportunity to be kind of mean to me. Like, she would say some stuff that was, like, really hurtful. And she would talk to me in a really demeaning way. Not Jessica Brown. Love Jessica Brown. Sweetest. Not her. Um, but she took the opportunity to be really demeaning to me. And this was hard. The first couple times that this happened, I'm like, you know what, Jessica? She's going through a lot. She probably just had a bad day. No worries. No sweat. I'm not going to hold it against her. I forgive her. And the next couple times, okay, all right starting to get kind of like impatient. And then the last time that it happened, I was like, you know what? I don't think this is okay. This feels like a toxic friendship. I can't, I can't keep doing this. This isn't healthy for me. I have to set a boundary. So I went to Jessica. I told her, hey, I forgive you. Right off the bat, I forgive you. But I can't be your friend anymore. I can't keep doing this. This is not okay. It's not healthy for me. I hope you understand. And that's what sometimes forgiveness can be, right? It can mean that, hey, I said all that I needed to say. I forgave you in my heart, but I can't be a friend anymore. And I just want to say that you have that opportunity too. Take a look at who is in your life, and you have the opportunity to say, I'm going to set boundaries. This person, I'm not going to keep allowing them in my life if they're treating me in a way that is wrong. Um, so let's keep on reading because it doesn't end there either. Uh, verse 32 says that, Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Wow. Uh, verse 35 is pretty heavy because it tells us that this is how God is going to react to us if we don't act in a forgiving nature towards our brothers and sisters. Um, he says something pretty, pretty good in, in verse 35 where it says, in your heart, that last part of verse 35, from your heart. Um, and that's where forgiveness starts. It starts in your heart, in your mind, and in your conversations with the Lord. And um, Scripture says that out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. 
So say that you have been wronged by somebody. Um, listen to how you speak about them because it tells you if there's still bitterness there. And we talked about this last week about revenge and wanting revenge and how it pushes us into a cycle of, does anybody remember the word? You don't know it? Okay, cycle of retaliation. But in, in, in reality, we're called to reconciliation, right? Um, and, you know, sometimes this is really hard for us because, like I said, we want revenge. That's natural. Um, but in here, in verse 35, he's clearly stating, from your heart, you need to start forgiving. Um, and we can see this guy's clearly just ruled by bitterness. And then when he gets thrown into prison, that's a very, um, we need to think about that here because it means more than just being in prison. When you go to prison, you're actually in chains. And that's ultimately where the road leads us, that if we are ruled by bitterness, that's like chains. That's like chains for us. It's holding us back from so much. Um, And so the point number three here is forgive even when people don't ask for forgiveness. And I know that's a really hard one because sometimes you're like, no, 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 you don't understand. I need an apology. Feeling like you need an apology, that's valid. Not going to say it's not. It is valid. But the reality is that sometimes people don't apologize. Sometimes they don't even know what they did to you was wrong. And so what happens is, you know, they're at home, unbothered. They don't even understand. They don't know how deeply they've hurt you. And it isn't right that just because they haven't asked for forgiveness, that we're withholding forgiveness from them just because they haven't asked for it. Um, And this parable shows us why it's totally incorrect for us to think that since God doesn't forgive me without asking for forgiveness, therefore I must withhold forgiveness from others who sin against me until they properly apologize or repent. That thinking is wrong because we don't stand in the same place of God and we never can. Remember that first part, right? We are in constant need of God's grace. We're not perfect. We don't got it all together. We make mistakes. I'm not going to go into my whole story here, but I've messed up a lot in my life. So much. Just for someone who's so young, and I think about before I came to Christ, all the people who had to be patient with me and gracious to me and just constantly just putting up with my crap. Like, I was terrible. I was not a nice person. I was angry at the world, right? But ultimately, those people who were patient and kind and gracious and forgiving, they really did bring me closer to Christ. They helped me to understand what God was like because they were living for Christ. They were a reflection of Christ. And that's what we're called to be. If you guys remember, we're called to be ambassadors of Christ. Um, And so obviously, with this point, forgive even when they don't ask for forgiveness. But especially if they do ask for forgiveness, we should be leaping with excitement to forgive them. I'll tell you guys a story um, about my mom. A couple weeks ago, I was coming home, and I had a great day at work. It was awesome. I'm listening to music. It's great. Coming home, driving my car. And before I could pull into the, uh, the parking situation, um, she was like, hey, I need you to move your car because we have, like, very limited parking. And so she's like, hey, I need you to move your car. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll move my car. And she had thought that I rolled my eyes at her. 
And I came back inside, and she's like, why'd you roll your eyes at me? And I'm like, I didn't. And she's like, hey, yeah, you did. And I'm like, no, I didn't. We went back and forth for a few minutes. Um, and she's like, yeah, you have an attitude. And I'm like, what? No, I don't. I've had, I had nothing. I had a great day. Like, I'm, I'm not mad. Like, what? I was so confused. And she's like, you know what? Whatever. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I, like, go to my room. And I'm like, well, I wasn't mad then, but now I'm kind of upset. Right? Because I come home, I had a great day, and people are accusing me of stuff. Like, I just, I sat in my room. I calmed myself down. Right? It was like, you know what? That's not a big deal. But I'm going to stay in my room because I felt some type of way. So I stayed in my room. I didn't want to go downstairs and hang out with my family. And it wasn't until, like, a couple hours later, she had already made dinner. I skipped out on dinner. This is how, like, I just didn't want to go downstairs. Um, And I hear my name being called. And just to preface, we are not... a family that's always just like apologizing, you know, we're just not that family. Um, and so uh, we're very much not used to apologizing, things like that. But I heard my name being called from downstairs, Nikki, come down. Yeah, mom, what's up? And then she said the words, I'm sorry. And man, like I could cry thinking about it because, you know, one of my, it's my, one of my most valued relationships in my life is my mom. And the minute that she said, I'm sorry, I'm like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. Don't even worry about it. I wasn't even mad. Like, you know, like just so ready to forgive because that relationship is just so sacred to me. I love her. I don't want anything bad between us. And that's how I feel like we should be with the people around us, especially when you love, you love your friends. You care about them. And even how God is with us was sometimes he loves us. He doesn't, wanna, he doesn't want any, you know, bad stuff between us. So when we come to repentance and when we ask for forgiveness, it means a lot. Um, and that's just kind of a, a personal um, a story there. But I do have a few uh, quotes for you guys, too, just to end us. Um, first one is, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the, oh, sorry, bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Um, and I'm sure you guys have heard that quote before. And I like that quote a lot because it shows that Forgiveness really is for us. Like I said earlier, sometimes people are completely oblivious. They don't even know that they've hurt you or they don't know like the depths of how much they've hurt you with their actions or their words or whatever. And so they're at home unbothered, full seven, eight hours of sleep, okay? Just completely not even, not even knowing. You're the one who's up tossing, turning, mad, angry, walking around, just upset, right? Because it's bitterness has a hold on you. Unforgiveness has a hold on you. And so uh, let's move on to the next quote. I like the next quote a lot too. Forgiveness is deciding that someone who has wronged you doesn't have to pay. Does anybody know where this is from? No? So this is actually from First Kids. If you have a little brother, a little sister that are, that's in First Kids, they actually just learned about forgiveness this past month. And so I like this quote a lot because this quote um, communicates that, hey, what so-and-so did to me, it wasn't right and it hurt, but I am deciding that that person doesn't have to pay. I am deciding not to take revenge against them. I am deciding not to talk crap when I feel like it. I'm deciding they don't have to pay because that's the relationship that I'm in with God. I don't have to pay whenever I've done stuff wrong. That's the whole point of the cross, right? We're coming up to Easter and talking about how important that was. 
just, that's the relationship here, right? And that's what we're called to do is uh, be a reflection of Christ to the people around us. Because, like I said, this world is already filled with so many people just waiting to judge. And, I, and we talked about this um, a few weeks ago on the Sunday mornings. Um, we're talking about how sometimes your relationship with other people uh, can mean so much more than them hearing, like reading the Bible sometimes, because you're putting it into action and displaying it right before them. And they can understand, like, oh my gosh, so-and-so is so forgiving, like, all the time. Like, you know, Miss Christy, that's part of her story. Just some girl who had all this joy just kept inviting her to church. Just being different. We're called to that. We're called to be a, a lamp on the hill, right? Like this bright light when everything else around us is dark. And so if you are a Christian in the room, that's, that's your call, right? Your call is to be that reflection. Forgive when people don't ask for forgiveness. Have this attitude of graciousness towards the people around you. And if you're not a Christian in the room, then I think your specific next step is, is point number one, which was to recognize your debt. You know, recognize that we are in constant need of God's grace. And maybe you're like, man, I want to learn more about this forgiving God. We would love to talk to you. Me, Miss Christy, Jessica, Mark, we would love to chat with you about this God. Because that's the kind of God we serve. Not an angry one waiting to just punish. A gracious one. Band, do you guys come, uh, come up? I want to finish with my sermon in a sentence which is uh, to punish is natural, but to pardon is supernatural. I heard this um, Sunday morning a few weeks ago uh, when Pastor Malcolm was speaking, and I thought it was just so good. And it's communicating that, again, what I just talked about, this world around us, it's natural. We talked about it last week, this revenge. It's natural to want to get revenge on somebody, um, to pay them back. But to pardon, which is to forgive somebody for what they had done, the wrong that they had done, is supernatural. And that is our calling, right? We talked about in verse 22, he says, that may be acceptable for everyone else, but for you, I have a higher calling. And so are you willing, are you willing to forgive people even when they don't ask for forgiveness? Are you willing to step into that? Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I, I thank you so much for these students, God. I thank you that we're able to hear more about forgiveness through Matthew 18. Um, this isn't just relevant to Peter who was asking the question or the disciples around, but it's so relevant to us. Let us be an example. Let us be an outpouring of your grace to the people around us. Let them be so shocked and astonished about our forgiving God that we serve. Let us be a good reflection of you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray.